0: Find that mentor that truly will motivate you, but also give you the best advice. And then also, as you progress in your career, become a mentor yourself.
1: You ever have so many questions and no one to ask? so they're just wasting away on Google searches you'll forget
2: about in an hour or so? We had that same problem, and that's why we created the RD2B podcast, a resource for dietetic and nutrition students looking for answers that their peers don't have. We your
1: students Macy and Emily and registered dietitian Carl Barnes. We engage in conversations and learn
2: from RDs. Join us weekly as we gain insight into the unique journeys of registered dietitians all over the country.
3: Welcome back to another episode of the RD2B podcast. Uh, This is where we bring you interviews with registered dietitians, specifically um, giving that perspective and advice to students coming up um, who are on their path to becoming dietitians. I'm your registered dietitian host Carl Barnes um, and very excited today with us um, is Lisa Abbey. She is a talent acquisition uh, in talent acquisition. I'm not going to go too much into it because I will use the wrong words um, with (laughs) Compass Group USA. Um, We met several years ago uh, actually being involved with the academy which I'm sure you'll go into a little bit but Uh, It's always great to to see a a familiar face. So um, without further ado, welcome. Thanks for being here.
0: Yeah, thanks, Carl. And uh, thank you, Emily and Macy. Uh, I will tell you, you know, when I got the invite, I started thinking back how long ago Carl and I actually, you know, happened to meet. And it was just by happenstance that I was auditing the House of Delegates meeting and Carl happened to be at the table that I was at. So, um, you know, I'm going to talk a lot today about, you know, those networking uh, skills, but also, you know, how do you meet somebody, you know, that you may have never met? Uh, But like Carl said, I'm a talent acquisition manager. I did not go to school, of course, to be a talent acquisition manager. I'm a registered dietitian and spent many years, uh, not only in clinical, but uh, my last was in food service. And you know, I think what's so unique about all of us as registered dietitians is there are many paths that we can all take. And um, I hope to share some of that with you today. So thanks again for having me.
1: Thank you so much. I'm so excited for you to be with us. Um, my name is Macy and I'm an RD2B studying dietetics at the University of Maryland.
2: Hi, I'm Emily. I am an RD2B and I also go to University of Maryland. Um so lisa I'm going to start with the first question. Um So, how did your dietetic career begin?
0: You know, I don't think my career was like a lot of people. Um, I knew early on in high school, uh you know, probably in middle school that I really loved chemistry, loved math, and my career going to college was to be a chemical engineer. That was really what I wanted to be. I saw myself in that role. And, you know, as we all get into college, we figure out that, you know, you either are going to study a lot in a career that you decide to be in, or, you know, you may have, you know, where you're studying, but you're also going to have the social aspect. And I was more on the social side, still like to study, but also like to be on the social side. And one day sitting in the sorority house, uh, you know, we were, a couple of us were talking. And you know, I was thinking about okay, if I want to get into a you know path that I may not have to study as much, um, but you know, maybe still be in chemistry, what could I do? And it's strange, but you know, talking to some friends around the table, there were I don't know, about four of them, and they all said that they were in nutrition. And when I started questioning, you know, are you taking chemistry, are you taking math classes, you know, what is, what is the path, that's really how I landed there, was, you know, just asking questions, but I will tell you, I had no idea what a nutrition professional did, I had no idea what a registered dietitian did, and I thought, you know what, this sounds like fun, something that, you know, I may like to do, and that's really how it started, Uh, you know, From that day forward, I think about those friends that were at that table, Uh, you know, I've had a great career, as they have, and I just think about all the different opportunities that I've had, you know, just having that simple conversation. I will tell you, I do miss chemistry, I do miss the fact that, you know, I'm not in it every day, and I think that's what led me to really want to be an engineer. But I will tell you, I love nutrition, I love dietetics, and I love being a registered
2: dietitian. Well, that's great
0: to hear. So you
1: mentioned that you were in a sorority. Um, has that helped you with getting different opportunities in the dietetic field?
0: Yeah, you know what's been great is, you know, it's really been, you know, connecting with those old friends, but also new friends as well. Strangely enough, I live in Memphis, Tennessee, did not Memphis mentioned that, but the sorority headquarters is right here in uh, Memphis. And, you know, with that, I've been able to network with a lot of dietitians, but a lot of uh, professionals that are in the healthcare world, just by being, uh, you know, in the same sorority. So I would say yes, and I would say yes, it's been, uh, it's been a great, uh, I would say group to lean back on and to, you know, ask questions of.
1: Thank you so much. Um, Just to go back to your educational background, I know you got your MBA, so how would you describe that process for you?
0: Yeah, so you could probably tell I'm an older student. Uh, I, you know, finished my undergrad and my internship about 21 years ago. And, you know, getting into the world of nutrition and really understanding where my strengths were, I really wanted to hone in on those business skills, but also those financial skills as well. Uh, my my previous role uh, was heavy, heavy into managing finances, and you know that's one thing that I really, really wanted to make sure that I had a good grasp on if I ever decided to go back into some type of role like that. Uh, you know, being out of school for a very long time and, you know, getting an MBA just recently, I graduated in August. It was a learning experience. I had definitely a learning curve because we, when I went to school, we had very few computers. I didn't get my first desktop computer until I was an intern in college. So um, it was very different than when I went to school. And I had to, you know, learn a few things. But what I will tell you is it was a great experience. It was something that I loved. Um, It was hard. It was, you know, hard on not only myself, my family, um, my kids, but also it, it was rewarding at the end. And I'm so glad I did it.
1: And how was it? how has it been beneficial for you as an RD, if it has been, and how, when would it be beneficial for other RDs, can you think of? Yeah,
0: so I think, you know, and just thinking to, you know, what I learned, um, you know, my MBA had a lot of marketing, a lot of finance, um, so I think about, you know, those dietitians that are in private practice, or wanting to start some sort of business, it would be be very beneficial for them.
2: Awesome. That's great to hear about like how enriching I guess your MBA was. So I'll admit I did go over your LinkedIn profile just to, like make sure I have all the right and good questions for you. So when I was looking on there, I saw that you originally started like a regional clinical nutrition manager. So how does that job differ from what you do now? So I guess in the beginning you were more so dealing with nutrition and dietetics than I guess where you are now. Correct me if I'm wrong. But like how has that journey with your careers changed over time,
0: yeah, and I was thinking about that a little while ago about you know all the different careers that I've had and all the different paths that I've taken. And I think when I'm talking to students, but even dietitians today, you know, your career can really go in any way you want it to go. Um, I think about I started as a clinical dietitian back in 1999. It was a trauma center. And a physician assistant back then took me under his wing, and we were placing feeding tubes, uh, you know, monitoring TPN, had a full nutrition support team. Then I think about, you know, as in diabetes for a very long time, I loved every aspect of that. And then I transitioned over to clinical manager, but also a regional clinical manager where I was overseeing many dietitians and giving them guidance, you know, on maybe you know what are the new things coming out for charting you know what are the new codes maybe you know what are the policies and procedures that we should be following or what are cms or joint commission looking for um i spent many years doing that and then really fell in love with food service and uh you know what's interesting is All of those roles prepared me for where I am today. And when I think about every single role and I think about what I do, you know, in recruiting and talent acquisition, if I had not had those roles, I would not understand where people like yourself would be, you know, maybe applying for the first time or, you know, maybe applying for their fifth job, uh, you know, maybe they're a mid-career dietitian. So I really can have that empathy for what type of job they will be doing, but also give them some guidance on what to expect.
2: So you mentioned that now you're a talent acquisition recruiter, correct? So what does that look like, like on a day-to-day basis?
0: Yeah, so when I transitioned over from food service into talent acquisition, I started as a recruiter. I was recruiting dietitians, recruiting food service professionals, and then about a year into it, I moved into becoming a manager, that's what I am now. Um, I have 10 recruiters all over the country and we are, and I, try, I took some notes because I, I think it's helpful for people to understand really what I do on a day-to-day basis. Uh, we're talking a lot, we're finding out about you as an individual, but we're finding out what the hiring manager is wanting as well. We're reviewing a ton of resumes, and I think that's, you know, where, you know, if someone had a question about a resume, we're able to, you know, have the good and the bad and explain what those are. Um, We're interviewing candidates. Um, Right now, you know, I'm working on a lot of strategic projects, not only for for our team, um, but for the larger TA team as well. And then we're always reviewing best practices. And then like yourself, I'm looking on LinkedIn and finding those great candidates, um, but also using other platforms as well. And then we're also researching new products. You know, what? Uh, what is out there? And and I think about right now, you know, artificial intelligence, what is out there in the world of AI and recruiting and how can we intertwine those two? So. We're doing a lot of, you know, not only talking to people like yourself, um, but we're also, you know, finding people and we're also, you know, researching what those new products are. And then, you know, we, we as dietitians, we can't help but keep up on our nutrition information. So I'm always reading journals, always, you know, seeing what the new best practice may be for TPN 2 feeding, even though I haven't done that in years.
2: So for your recruiting job, do you happen to recruit any registered dietitians? We do.
0: We recruit a lot of dietitians. Mm-hmm. Uh, we recruit clinical dietitians, NICU dietitians, diabetes, uh, you know, dietitians that may go in diabetes programs, outpatient dietitians. We, we really recruit a lot of dietitians. And then those dietitians that are interested in food service roles will, uh, you know, recruit those as well.
2: So you mentioned that you look over resumes. So when you're looking to hire an RD, what are some positives and negatives that you look for on resumes that makes someone a good candidate?
0: Yep. So you know, I think it's always great, you know, when we're looking at resumes to make sure that you know our credential is on there. Uh, you know, I will say that's the one thing that I still see dietitians where they may put, uh, you know they may put their name at the top and then they may put you know their credential at the very bottom. We need to be proud of that credential and we need to make sure that we are letting people know that we are an RD. Because someone that may not be a dietitian like myself that is recruiting may not you know may see that Lisa Abby, you know, she sends a resume in and may not know to look at the bottom for the credential. So I would say that's, you know, number one that, you know, we always see. And then some other good things that, you know, I like is when interns, so like yourself and Macy, uh, you know, are ready for to get into the real world, we like to see, you know, what experience do you have as an intern? You know, is it all clinical? Is it a mix? You know, how many hours did you spend in it? Uh, You know, really give some good information on your resume and, you know, maybe not just put, uh, you know, University of X, um, you know, 1200 hours detail out what that is. And I would say that's really, really great for all those that are interns. But you may be a new grad as well. You may be two years out of school. So I recommend that as well.
1: So you also mentioned that you look through LinkedIn profiles. So what aspects of a LinkedIn profile like stands out the most to you and what do you really disregard?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, You know, and, and a lot of presentations that I do for not only interns, but, you know, registered dietitians as well. Make sure that picture, that profile picture is professional you know, make sure you're not uh, Lisa Abby with her two dogs or Lisa Abby with all of her friends. Um, Make sure it's Lisa Abby and make sure it's on a, you know, very um, mute background. So make sure there's not a lot of background. I will tell you that's number one and, you know, not that, you know, we're hiring over your picture, but you definitely want to have a professional presence uh, when you are out there on social media, I also like to see, you know, maybe what some volunteer experience you've done, what some uh, jobs that you've had. You know, again, just like your resume, you can spell out what that internship as well. Uh, you know, that you did four hundred hours in community and two hundred hours in food service, whatever it may be. But make sure it is thorough. Make sure that it has the content in there that someone will want to say, Wow, that's someone I want to contact about a job in Maryland. And, uh, you know, be, it does not have to be the same. I always stress that, you know, you are going to probably provide a little bit more detail on your resume than you would on LinkedIn, but definitely it can be the same. Um, And if it's the same, that's great. Because recruiters are out there every single day and they are searching LinkedIn for people like yourself and others within uh, the community.
1: Thank you so much. So going back, you said that there's a lot of different RDs that you hire. So what are the, I guess, overall different responsibilities? Like how do you distinguish food service RD versus clinical and different fields in those
0: yeah. So, what we have is Compass Group has a has a lot of different um, organizations that we do business with. So, you know, I'll think about the Memphis market. We have healthcare. We have senior living. We have sports and leisure. We have um, uh, business. Uh, business and industry, there's a lot of different places that dietitians could be placed. So I think about a healthcare, you know, we're looking for someone that has that clinical experience, Uh, you know, someone that is driving to be a clinical, you know, maybe it's a cardiac dietitian, or maybe it's an ICU dietitian, but we're looking for someone with that experience. On the other hand, we may have a business that's looking for a wellness manager and the wellness manager or dietitian may be providing, you know, nutritional information to the employees that are at that account. They may be providing uh, what we call chef's tables. They may also be providing just general information uh, to those employees. So it could be a wide variety. And I think that's what's so wonderful about uh, being a dietitian. You know, it's not to say that when you get out of school, you have to go into clinical nutrition. Uh, There's so many different, I call them spokes on the wheels, where you can take that wheel and you can make different spokes on that wheel um, as a registered
2: dietitian. That's encouraging to hear that there are so many different areas that you can go into within your, within our degree. So what are some of your daily, weekly, and monthly goals that you have in your job?
0: (laughs) So I was like, okay, I gotta be prepared for this one. So, you know, as and anyone will tell you this that is in talent acquisition or, uh, talent and development or HR, your day to day is gonna be very different every single day. It is definitely not the same. So I think about being a clinical dietitian. You know, it, it's definitely not gonna be the same, but you're definitely gonna have the same routines. You're going to screen your patients. You're gonna see your high risk patients. You're gonna do education. You're gonna do the things that you have to do on a daily basis. And again, it's gonna be different patients. But when I think about recruiting and talent acquisition, there is nothing that is the same. I may be working on a dietitian role today. I may be working on a uh, executive vice president role tomorrow. I may not work on any roles today because I may have a project that I need to do. So daily goals um, truly are going to change day to day. You know, as dietitians, I think we all have our little checklist, and we like to check off. Um, and I think that's just you, you know, every dietitian is like that. So I definitely have my things that I need to get done daily, but uh, you know, it's definitely not the same every single day. Weekly, more than likely, it is. You know, contacting the hiring managers, making sure that they're informed on their candidates. And then also working on projects and then i think about monthly um, monthly truly is going to vary but what is so great about it is you know we do we have deadlines just like everybody else but we can plan those deadlines throughout the day um you know we may call all of our candidates in the morning and then work on our projects in the afternoon or we may work on our projects in the morning and call all the candidates in the afternoon, depending on you know what the day is. So I will tell you, in talent acquisition, we are, uh, the day is never the same, the week is never the same, and the month is never the same either.
1: Just out of curiosity, um, what does your office space look like? Are you with a lot of people around you? Do you have an office space? Or are you just all over oh. the place?
0: this is my office uh i home office and um i you know when i was in food service you know i was a regional director my role prior to this was a regional director and i would go from account to account and i traveled quite a bit never really had an office per se now i have a home office and i have been home officing now for six years And I think the funny thing, you know, I've talked to a lot of friends that have, you know, since COVID have moved home and now they're home officing. Uh, And they're like, oh my gosh, what, what has been the challenge? And I'm like, you know, the challenge has been that when COVID first hit, I've been at home for five years by myself. You know, it may be that my kids have a day off like today but I was home all the time by myself. So I could, you know, come and go as I wanted to, really not, you know, worry about the door being closed. When COVID hit, my husband was home and my two kids were home. And I will tell you, it threw me for a loop because I had to get used to people being home. Um, and, you know, people knocking on my door, are you, you know, can you talk or can you help me with this? Um, so, you know, it's been a joy to work from home. Um, you know, I'm blessed to have a home office. Um, but you know, it's, it's been great and it's been great throughout this pandemic as well.
1: So you've gotten over the challenge of COVID. So what have your biggest challenges been since undergrad up until where you are now?
0: You know, I wouldn't say, you know, And, you know, a lot of people will say that they've had many challenges throughout their career. I think the great thing is, is when you have great bosses that encourage you to, you know, take a leap of faith, or, you know, maybe when you think, oh, no, you know, there's no way that I could do that role. When you have a boss that is, you know, cheering you on, saying, no, you can do it, um, there's really not a challenge. You know, and and I think if a lot of people do not have those bosses that are encouraging, that are, you know, ready to say, okay, I'm ready for you to take the next step, or, you know, when I move on, you're going to replace me, then, you know, you may have to rethink it because I will share, I, you know, have there been challenges? Of course. And have I gone home from work many days frustrated? Of course. But there really has not been any challenge to either you know make a decision or to say i'm going to take that next step uh you know in my career um so i just say you know be strong have a boss that encourages you and um you know reach out to somebody if you ever have questions
1: okay i'll just follow that up with how did you exactly take the next step in each of your you know jobs how did you move up to a manager level How did that process go?
0: Yeah, I think it was all organic. It really was not, you know, a, okay, I want to be a manager. I want to be a food service director. I want to be a regional director. I really think it was, you know, I was always ready to, you know, take on those extra projects. And, you know, I had someone say to me not too long ago, you know, I really don't know how you keep it all straight and you do everything that you do. Um, because you're always so busy and, you know, I think when you show that initiative and you show people that, you know, okay, I can do my job, but I can also do something that may not be within my job when that position opens up or let's say, you know, someone leaves and that position opens up, they're going to say, Oh, you know, so-and-so is ready for that job. Um, and they'll come and tap you on the shoulder. So again, I don't think it was anything to prepare for. It was just more organic, wanting to always learn more and wanting to always, you know, have those extra projects.
2: How do you think your MBA helped with being able to get more job opportunities or do you think it just helped like enhance by like having um, a higher degree?
0: Yep, so. I did not share with this. Um, I am a CDR commissioner. And, you know, when, you know, I'm talking amongst my peers, uh, you know, that have higher level educations, it's always been a goal of mine to have my master's. Um, you know, I, when I talk to students all the time, I tell them, don't do what I did. I left my internship with probably nine hours left to take to get my master's. And I never completed it. So don't do that. Um, But I always look back and said, you know, I definitely want to get it. And I, you know, started from scratch. I had to, you know, start and take all those classes again. Um, But I, you know, I don't ever see myself leaving um, Compass Group or leaving my job that I'm in. What I think it's helped me with is really, you know, when someone comes to me with a concern or something they need to, you know, work out a timeline, it's really helped me identify what needs to be corrected, how we're going to correct it, and how we're going to solve the problem. It's really helped me with that. And I had a lot of that, but I think it's really given me the stepping stones to really not only help myself, but then help my peers as well.
2: So I forgot to ask this earlier for some reason, but where did you do your undergrad and your internship? Okay, so
0: uh, I, and I didn't share this either, I am a Navy brat, so I moved all over uh, the world, was born in Hawaii, uh, lived in Japan, and lived in Virginia Beach, and I was in seventh grade and my parents came to me and said dad has been stationed in meridian mississippi and i said well where is mississippi you know because i was living in virginia beach and um so we moved to meridian mississippi and strangely enough my dad's from jackson mississippi my mom is from memphis so it was like going back home um so was there. My dad retired when I was in high school and then uh, went to Mississippi State University, which is right up the road from Meridian. I actually did my undergrad there and was thankful enough to do my internship there as well. Um, I just completed my MBA from University of Memphis, and um, it was a wonderful program. It was a little... um, I would say a hybrid type model. Most of it was online, but I did some classes
2: in person as well. So when you were looking to apply for internships, what other programs did you look at and what did you factor in when you were choosing where to go?
0: So don't do what I did either (laughs) when it comes to this. Um, So my husband and I, we've been married now for, let's see, uh, 21 years and 21 21 and a half years ago uh he was moving to florida and i was applying for internships and i'm like where where am i going to go i only applied to miss v state but miss v state at the time had three programs they had a part-time a full-time which is what i did and a master's program so um You know, don't do what I did because I took my chance on saying I'm just going to stay in Starkville, Mississippi, and I'm not going to, you know, branch out. I tell students now, if you are, you know, able to move somewhere, if you are, if you have no attachments, you can go anywhere, apply to as many as you can. Um, It is competitive. We all know that it was competitive when I was doing my internship. I'm sure when Carl did his. So apply to where you know you can go. You know, a friend was applying to internships and she said, well, I can go to LA. I've got family there. I said, perfect, apply to LA. Um, But, you know, don't, I I call it pigeonhole. Don't pigeonhole yourself, um, you know, into one location and, uh, you know, apply to a couple or as many as you can. But don't listen to what I did. (laughs)
2: So with that in mind, what knowledge, skills, and like experience do you wish you had before coming or before becoming an RD or a recruiter?
0: Yeah. So when I saw that question, I actually had to, uh, you know, think about it because I thought what in the world would I want a student to know or, you know, someone that may be, this may be their second career. What we don't learn, and, you know, a lot of dietitians still don't know, is how to negotiate. Uh, So, you know, and a negotiation can be for anything. It can be, you know, writing an order for a physician and, you know, how are you going to stand up and negotiate with that physician so they listen to you? I think about, you know, when I was in my regional director role, you know, I was negotiating contracts for hospitals um, with CEOs. So how how do you negotiate that better? And then I think now as a talent acquisition manager, you know, how do I, you know, negotiate and you know make sure that, you know, we're looking at everything for the role with that hiring manager. And we're not just saying, we're gonna hire someone, you know, like Lisa Abbey, and Lisa Abbey just left, so we want someone like that. You know, how can we think outside the box and really negotiate and get those skills on the table? So, if it could be one thing, I would say learn how to negotiate. And if you don't, you know, learn that in your undergrad or internship or masters, uh, there's many, many different programs out there that um, you know are available and you can take
2: for free. So how do you think negotiation plays a role in such a female-dominant job or workforce? Or do you think it has no role in, like, negotiation?
0: No, I think it does. And those examples that I just gave, you know, I think it's, that's why I say, you know, not that men are, you know, more easy to negotiate with but it is definitely something that men learn early on how to negotiate. Women, we do not have to negotiate usually, um, you know, in the family, even as a child, uh, you know, we don't have to negotiate. So again, it could be any of those skills, you know, negotiating with a physician, a pharmacist. You know, I can remember when I started a nutrition support team here in Memphis, you know, I was negotiating almost every day with the pharmacist on, well, you know, I don't I don't know that I agree with that. And then, you know, they would come back and say, Well, you know, what are your thoughts? So I really think it's, you know, every facet of being a dietitian and whether you're male or female, you're gonna need it as well.
1: So just to follow up on everything that we've talked about, um, how can an RD to we get ahead of the game? While still in undergrad, what advice would you give?
0: Yeah, so this really it's a three part series, and I talk about these three things all the time, and I'll give examples. So one is network. One is find a mentor or be a mentor, and then give back as a registered dietitian. You know, be a preceptor, get involved. I'll use the example of networking and I think this is powerful to show you that it really, you know, it, it can be across all states. Uh, when I was living in Florida, my husband and I were newly married. We were deciding to move back um, and I called my mother-in-law and I said, and my mother-in-law lives here. And I said, do you know any dietitians that, you know, uh, live in memphis that i could talk to because i had two job offers and i said i really just want to you know get their input on you know where i should start what i should do and you know maybe where i would be a good fit and my mother-in-law said yep call this person and lo and behold uh i've been friends with her for 20 plus years she was an academy board member uh she is a law a lawyer and a dietitian. And, you know, I've leaned on her for many different things. But again, it's networking. I didn't know that my mother in law would connect me with her, but it is truly networking. Network from the day you become a dietitian, or I even say a student, to the day, um, you know, that you may not want to be involved anymore. And then finding a mentor. Um, I did a mentoring program about 15 years ago before mentoring was really, uh, you know, a thing. And, you know, what I always encourage students and dietitians, and even dietitians that are, you know, later in their career is find a mentor that is not your, in your current workspace. So a boss, a peer that you may work with day to day Find someone that you can really lean on. Find someone that you can call with questions. You can bounce ideas off of. When your boss makes you mad, you can have that discussion. Well, you're not gonna believe what happened today. Um, Find that mentor that truly will motivate you, but also give you the best advice. And then also as you progress in your career, Become a mentor yourself. I mentor many different people um, and I have throughout my career. Uh, And what's great is it's great to see people really start to either have a career or elevate in their career just from being mentored. Um, So, again, you know, networking, find a mentor and then get involved early. I cannot stress those three things for RDs to be to really um, make sure that they take, take that time to do those things.
1: So for networking, how can you do that organically with a lot of different people?
0: Yeah, you know, I, I think early on, you know, as an RD to be, I, I really think it starts at your local level. Um, and, you know, I always tell students, you know, if you're going to your first dietetic meeting, um, you know, call me, text me, I'm happy to go with you. Um, you know, if they live here in Memphis and, you know, I think also, you know, virtually, you know, now it's a little difficult to, you know, maybe network as easy as easily as we could in the past. Um. But you know, I get requests all the time to say, "Hey, can I, you know, talk to you about your MBA program?" Or, "Hey, can I talk to you about recruiting?" I think that's also a part of networking that we forget about when we're reaching out to someone that may have the same interest, but also, you know, we're gaining advice from. So now today, it's probably more than ever that we continue to stay connected and we network with people. Doesn't have to be daily, but we continue to network and we continue to uh, you know, provide information to people.
2: Thank you so much. Emily, do you have yeah. any other follow-up questions? Yeah, I just have one quick one. So you talked a lot about networking, but is there any additional advice that you would wanna give undergraduate students or students in their dietetic internships, or even people that are going to potentially be Uh, uh, sending you a resume um so what kind of advice do you have for those individuals
0: yeah so i wrote down let's see this is about nine attributes that um you know i would say as a new rd or even as an experienced rd really what dietitians need to have And I think, you know, they're all self describable, but I think they're all great because I think um, it's, you know, something that we need to make sure we're um, paying attention. Number one, be honest, be eager, have a positive attitude, always be a self starter. I think, uh, you know, when you look at, you know, internship or internship rotations, you know, are you asking the preceptors for, you know, additional information or, hey, where can I find you know, an article about this. Always be that self-starter. Strong work ethic, detail-oriented. I think all dietitians are detail-oriented, but some, very few are not, so make sure you're detail-oriented if you're not. Make sure you're knowledgeable. You know, you don't have to know everything, but if you get asked a question, where are you gonna find that answer? Be a great communicator. Uh, you know, always smile, even if you can't see the person. I think that is, you know, it comes across on the phone, uh, whether you're energetic and you have a great, um, great personality about yourself. And then the last, I think this is, you know, more than ever, we have to be adaptable. You know, a lot of people are not adaptable and cannot change, you know, from one day to the next, especially with COVID. uh, We want to make sure that you know, anyone can be adaptable because, you know, what we have seen through this whole thing is no day is ever the same. Things are always ever changing. Guidelines are ever changing, but you have to be adaptable and you have to be ready to change. Even if your boss says, we're, we're not going to do X today, but we're going to do Y tomorrow. You have to be ready and um, be ready to step up. So I think for all of those things there, you know, you don't have to really be a rocket scientist to figure all those out. But again, uh, we want to make sure when we're looking for dietitians and we're looking for interns that, you know, you have most of those qualities, um, you know, set set amongst yourself.
2: Thank you. I appreciate it so much. Yeah. Carl?
3: So much great stuff. I appreciate it, Lisa. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of students that are going to be bookmarking this and rewinding it back <laughs> through through various parts of, of their career. Because even for for dietitians, this is this is really relevant and great stuff. And I'm really glad you you hit on mentorship um, because that's one of the core core things we're doing um, within the RD to be. So um, for those listening, dietitians, um, and we like you said, there's really no right or wrong time. So we've got brand new dietitians they still have value to give back to to students um, really at any point in your career there's somebody that that you have info for so um, again thank you for, for being here um, for all the students or RDs listening you can always catch up with us at the website rd2b.com um, and then the final plug we actually have a really cool thing now so for this is more so for the RD 2 bs You can text direct to 202-918-3818, and uh, that's going to be the fastest way to get maybe um, your questions in on these podcasts um, and get some um, up-to-date information. So again, thank you so much for, for being here with us, Lisa. Appreciate it.
0: Yeah my pleasure thanks again for having me um i will tell everyone uh, you know anyone that's watching this if you'd like to connect with me on linkedin feel free to um i am happy to answer any questions and uh you know make sure that everyone feels like they're set up for success
2: thank you lisa we appreciate you coming in and talking to us thank you so much
0: yeah my pleasure